0: You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio. KUNV 91.5. Run for them life when I step into the jungle. Said they wouldn't move up. Never I move up. Never gonna win a Royal Rumble. But when I come to you, know what I love to. I send shots for your team and leader. I make a witness decide to break. Make...
1: Welcome to another episode of the Chemical Collective.
0: The Chemical Collective offers you your weekly dose of drug facts while dispelling fiction.
1: I'm Kendra McLaughlin,
0: and I'm April Contreras, and I'm Elena Quino.
1: So, you guys, I was looking. Today is our 14th episode. 14.
0: It yeah. is. We're long starting time. to
1: get to the point where we're wrapping up the semester. That's it's true. been a long time coming. Feels like I. I don't know. It went.
0: Kind of fast and slow at the same time. What have we been talking no, about for a semester long? Ton of different drugs, ton of different compounds, ranging from what I think our first episode was on the psychedelic renaissance. Yes, something that I hold near and dear to my heart. And yes, we talked about caffeine, mm-hmm. another favorite. We're another classic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Two of us are drinking caffeine right now. I'm sure you got. I am not done this morning. <laughs>
1: We were talking about some different types of alcohols. I think we hit a. Uh, Two whi- Yeah, whiskey. There was tequila. Tequila. Oh, tequila, I missed that one. Yeah. That was a good episode. That was, that was fun. Um, what else did we talk about? We talked about the mandrake the, roots, some deliriums. Yes, yes. That was, that was fun. A little spoopy. Mm-hmm. Is there any of the episodes that you, that you think stands out for you?
2: I think for me it has to be the mandrake root. I think for sure that was only a plant that I only ever associated with the fictional world of Harry Potter. So then having like the realistic version of it brought forth in this mode this modality was like pretty interesting and like it's a very useful very interesting herb so it's like why not
1: learn more about it for sure and also could be deadly. But yes. um no, same sentiments. I thought that it was very interesting to be able to research some of these plants or substances I wouldn't normally um, gravitate to outside of Harry Potter um, it just gave me a reason to say Harry Potter we'll, we'll Do sign. you want to say it one more time? You no, know, but Harry Potter nothing. But um yeah, ultimately the common theme of these kind of substances being around for like centuries, like long periods of time and how they've been used and how society's viewpoints have changed over time on these mm-hmm. different types of substances whether they are medicinal or in a ceremony I think was the biggest Part of the semester that I, I'm going to take away from learning about all these different drugs.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think when we started the show, that was a very big component, you mm-hmm. know, to destigmatize drugs, to de-st- destigmatize medicine in yeah. a way that, you know, provides facts. And um, I think kind of a running narrative that we've had too is the idea of modern, westernized medicine. You know, we think of drugs here in a right. particular way, going to the pharmacy, going Correct. to the doctor to get a pack of pills to treat something as yeah. fast as possible, um, compared to maybe, you know, more traditional medicine, or non-Westernized medicine, mm-hmm. where yeah. it's very plant-based. Herbal, yeah. Herbal. Mm-hmm. And
1: I know that there's always that um, also stigmatization that comes along with the idea of giving someone just a pill mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. not a skill, if you will. Oh, yeah. that was that was that a triple rhyme. Yeah, I was
2: like that right <laughs> Bars,
1: um, but the idea that some of these um, substances, like psychedelics, you do get this long-lasting um, benefit that I think goes um, overlooked when the people are just oh, saying yeah. you're only getting a pill. There's nothing um, that you'll get for a long period of time. That's actually That's you true. know not. Not the same kind of concept anymore. You're getting something that's rewiring the brain, essentially, um, to be able to pick up new skills or something like that.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot involved in that type of, you know, like healing. So it's not just taking the medicine and, you know, novel research is being done to figure out, you know, how, what parts of the trip are needed, what type of Mm -hmm. compound is best for a particular person with a specific disorder, um, what are the ad- potential adverse effects? And, you know, the whole treatment with psychedelics involves, yeah, again, not just taking the medicine, but intensive therapy, mm-hmm. preparing for taking the medicine and the therapy after you're done mm-hmm. um, with the medicine component, more therapy, integration back into society, yes. yeah. figuring out how long that'll last and rates of relapse and on and on and on compared to you know, the idea of, here, take this pill and go away. Mm-hmm. If you come back, I'll just yeah, give you like some more pills. Yeah, it's like that
2: fast thing. Like, you want something quick. It's easy to do. Take the pill. You're done. Versus you have to work for some of these herbal stuff. Like, you have to do it multiple times. There's, like, there's like a whole process that's involved with the psychedelics. You have to do extra therapy that you don't think about. If you're taking some other sort of herbal remedy, like, that takes work because you have to prepare it properly. Take it so many times a week. And it's, like, a slower process. But it's it holistic. has a more... Yeah, it has a more, like, long-lasting effect because it's not just one thing it's affecting, it's affecting multiple things. And people aren't ready for, like, that type of therapy just yet. We kind of have gotten away from that because we're like, we're in a rush, we're busy, we have things to do, let's
1: pill pop it in and we're done hopefully would you guys say that like the current direction for you know where all of this science is kind of headed is not only like being more holistic but more individually focused like getting people specific substances at a specific dose for that specific lifestyle like do you think we're trying to get towards individual type medicine is that the ultimate goal that all of this is headed towards I would say yes. And I think it's being done in two different
2: camps because we do have the personalized medicine where it's like we're trying to genetically engineer drugs for like individual people and based off their genetics. And then there's like the herbal remedy stuff where it's like you understand what you're missing, like with your body, like if you're missing nutrients, if you're missing whatever. And then you supplement that with specific herbs, specific vitamins, specific. eating Mm -hmm. certain fruits, certain herbs, et cetera. So, like, I think we are doing that. I think people are taking very different approaches to that. More Western, it's like, let's get into, like, the science of it, quote, unquote. We're like, look at genetics. Let's see how that plays a part. And let's play on your genetics to see what will help you the best versus holistic. It's like, we know there's something wrong. Let's figure it out. Let's take more fruits. Let's do more veggies. Let's do certain herbs and spices and plants, et cetera, et cetera. That'll help you do that in the end. But I agree. What about you guys?
0: April? Taking it back, like, I think, yes, where it depends on who you are and the research you're doing and what your motivation is. But, you know, our show is called The Chemical Collective. There's this idea of community and healing with a lot of these medicines that is just not a part of a lot of treatments. Mm. Um, And... I think just by having discourse, learning about medicine, what you're taking in your body mm-hmm. yep. um, can, you know, yeah. go leaps and bounds. I think that's the basic core and component is just like having knowledge, right? Yeah. To be able to learn, have the fact from the fiction, yeah. right. make a choice that's well-educated. Yep. Yeah, um, And for you. Yeah. And having
1: that perspective, because honestly, a lot of the substances that we did discuss, um, finding out that they come from some natural substance mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and understanding how it changes in our body and in our mind to get different effects. Mm-hmm. I think just being transparent like that, I've been, my eyes have been opened wide ever since then. I'm like, well, what's the base of this? What's the root of this? Mm-hmm. Pun intended. <laughs> yeah, I was like, plants, <laughs> yes. roots.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I think that really speaks to just the diversity of different types of compounds. Like, there's so many plants and medicines that we could have talked about. We had like a massive list of topics every week that it was really kind of hard to pick one each time. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Mm-hmm. But that means there's still
1: so much more to talk about in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Like, I, yeah. Is there um,
0: <clears throat>
1: any types of perspectives that you guys think that the field as a whole, like neuroscience, we come together to answer these big questions regarding the brain. And I remember, you know, luckily April, she got to go to a super, super cool conference yeah. where there was an example of this where like leaders of a specific realm of the field come together to start um making, like, criterias for things? Did you see any of that happening in real time recently?
0: Yeah, so while last week's episode was on tequila, mm. I happened to be in Mexico, in Cancun, nice. um, specifically for the International um, Society for Serotonin Research Conference, ISSR. And it's this biannual conference that happens um, next time. It's going to be in Vienna, Austria. And um, there were about... Two hundred people in attendance, okay, this might seem like a lot, but when you contrast it to Society for Neuroscience, which has like smaller yeah. like football fields of posters, yeah. mm-hmm. um, this was a much more intimate conference, and everybody was there to just talk about serotonin and you know something that struck me right away was you know. When you speak to someone on the street about a neurotransmitter or brain chemical, serotonin is probably at the top of the list, wouldn't you say? Like if you were to just talk about anybody, they'd think about sure. serotonin before glutamate or GABA, which those yeah. are probably the two yeah. that pop up in our head first, right? Yeah. Serotonin is <laughs> probably sure. number one on their list. And everybody talks about it. Everybody has an idea of its function. But... At the conference, when it's experts on serotonin, all in a room for six days, talking about serotonin in the brain, in the gut, how we can change serotonergic transmission to treat depression or substance use, you really get this idea of like, yeah, we really have no idea what it does. We know it does a lot of things, but... It just really like hit me in the face that considering that this yeah. is
1: one of the oldest <clears throat> neurotransmitters. And these are like experts in the field. So knowing. many questions about it. On one hand, like that's. I don't know. I think that's exciting. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like Mm -hmm. still uncharted. Job security? (laughs) It's still (laughs) uncharted um, territory where they still need researchers like us that are, you know, young scientists that are trying to figure out these questions that have been around for a long time. We need new perspectives. Mm -hmm. We need, you know, different approaches. Um, Concepts of like getting those prodromal kind of therapeutics in the mix for different types of disorders of the brain has always been a topic of, you know, uh, discussion. Yeah. And one that I'm always interested in understanding more of. Um, being able to find certain biomarkers, if you will, um, to indicate changes in the brain long before we start to see those changes in, like, for instance, like motor outcomes and degenerative disorders, um, I've always found super fascinating. And I think conferences like those, like where you get to um, intimately talk to people about specific problems and then as a group discern what major questions or where all of our um, resources should be allocated is a super cool thing.
0: Yeah, and I was really pleased to see, um, you know, talks on serotonin in the gut. The gut Mm -hmm. was our first brain, you know. There was a good amount of discourse on sex differences, um, which, you know— Sometimes we don't really pay attention to right away in science. We make sure all of our science is done on males. This is all the same. Uh, Everything is the same. Yeah, there was a few talks on that. And, you know, the development of serotonergic neurons, like where they come from, where they're going to go. There's like a lot of diversity in there that can be unpacked that can probably help figure out how to prodromally diagnose people or treat people with novel therapies so Mm. it was really exciting
1: was there like any common themes that you can speak to that you saw like oh there was like a really great symposium where people were focusing on this specific
0: mechanism or something that you heard a lot while you were there mostly like transmission so how to keep serotonin in the receptor how to Mm. make sure it's gone when it needs to be Um, that was like a major theme there was a whole symposium on psychedelics which was pretty awesome um, that was really exciting. Um, awesome. Yeah, so they're different camps, I think. But in general, the idea was just, we love serotonin. <laughs> Come and talk about it. Let's talk about That's it. absolutely awesome. No, but you brought up a
2: really good point earlier. But like the fact that you walk up to a person, they have like this idea that they know what this drug is. And really like you, we honestly, there's so many drugs out there that people are using that we truthfully don't fully understand.
0: Yeah, and we know a lot, but oh, I right, guess but they're it's still not
2: Every day we're learning a little bit more that we didn't think about before. Like with serotonin, psychedelics have been around forever. Mm -hmm. But yet you go to a serotonin conference and it's like, well, we really don't know a lot. Like the gut is a new thing, studying serotonin in the gut. No one ever, not many people were doing that before. And even now I think it's a relatively small camp. So it's like that idea that we think we know, but we truthfully don't. And we forget where things are coming from, which is really important. And I think you brought up a really good point with that. Because it's like there's a lot that we don't know and that we're still... Learning and conferences and radio shows like this. Honestly, mm. let us know that we really need to be a little bit more careful about what we ingest
1: in general. Was that another pun? How many puns? I should be keeping a tally. <laughs> yep, we we need to drink ca- caffeine every time. There's caffeine. A new I don't have caffeine yeah. on me. <laughs> I definitely left mine. That's I have water. Have. Whatever you have, take a take a drink. But I mean, it's it's very clear that the brain is the most complex thing that we have on our body. And you can ask a million questions a million ways and we'll always be able to kind of break it down even further, break it down into even further. Um, but the overarching big questions about how certain things affect the brain um, and how that affects behavior, I think are like like kind of those giant umbrella things that we're after, right? Like those big questions that are going to help Um, People that are struggling with some sort of disorder and either Mm -hmm. neurodevelopmental or neurodegenerative, whatever it is, like how we can help people, like that big question. Mm -hmm. I always think that that's important to keep into perspective because even though we do go to these conferences and we do have these small camps, ultimately we have a bigger question in mind um, that will kind of propel that area of knowledge or that gap in the field a little bit more than just incrementally at times Mm -hmm. so i think that that's a cool perspective throughout your career to keep in mind like sometimes i get really into the weeds of something that i'm studying my specific little mitochondria (laughs) that i spend most of my day looking at um but trying to tie it back to something bigger yeah like What's oh, yeah. the point? Yeah. yeah. What is the point? Like, Why should my grandma care about what I'm looking at okay. in this microscope? Why am I looking at
2: this? Why am I doing this? Why am I spending hours and
1: hours and hours on
2: this? And then you forget the big picture. Yeah. And so you're forced to look at it and you're like, oh, okay, let
0: me backtrack.
2: Let me go back to the kindergarten way of thinking about life.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's important if we're like, like we just got done receiving like notification about funding, from the graduate college at UNLV, Um, the big picture and having a very good story and narrative is really important for funding applications for this and like the NIH and things like that, right?
1: Yeah, I think ultimately having a clear story not only helps you as an upcoming, you know, researcher, um, uh, it helps you translate your work and its importance to um, people that need to know it. So we're talking to, hopefully, the community mm-hmm. um, of, you know, UNLV or Nevada, and we, we're trying to get across how things work in the brain. And being able to say that plainly is a skill. And yeah, it, it's it's one that I'm still, you know, working on myself.
0: Yeah, and why hide behind big words and terminology? Yeah. Um, you know, the whole point is to dispel information. And make it accessible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because then the public who we are a part of yes can make informed decisions about whatever whether it's about science or not, right? Mm -hmm. Just how there's different kind of
1: factions within neuroscience. I I ultimately honestly believe that being a neuroscientist is translational to other Mm -hmm. fields like, you know, engineering or whatever. Oh And in, in, you know, my wildest dreams I see us going back to simpler times where we're all working together in our own little quadrants to build a rocket ship or something. I don't know. But ultimately being able to talk to everyone in layman terms. I can understand what the engineer is trying to tell me. They can understand what I'm trying to tell them. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's definitely
2: a skill. Because even me, I'm behind a computer all day, programming, doing any sort of Literally, thing Literally speaking the a different language. <laughs> Literally yeah. a whole different language. So it's, it's hard when you have to come back and be like, I don't know... Why am I looking at this waveform 100 times a day? Like, what am I trying to do with it? Like, why am I looking at this image? Like, what's the point of it? Like, why am I trying to get all these? So I think that's a it's, And, like, you, you do have a point. Like, our field that we're in has so many different components from other fields, from physics, from engineering. Mm-hmm. Like, you have a whole project based off this engineering uh, theory and then you've applied it to living things so it's yeah so we're able to pull from a lot of different fields and a lot of people can they just don't think to think to like pull outside of Mm -hmm. what their little area is like what are they doing can this help me we don't think about that interconnectivity between the different science fields and how they could benefit each other a lot of times and
1: yeah you brought up a beautiful kind of like intersection where yeah. science is meeting coding and oh yeah we see a lot of the stuff that april and i were talking earlier about like ai being brought into um, almost yeah. el- every realm of everything and yeah. seeing how that can you know intersect with what we're doing on a day-to-day basis uh, yeah. as far as researchers
0: yeah it seems like like ai and big data are going to be really important yeah um for our, at least our careers in the future, it's here to stay for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, like we're seeing the importance now with things like ChatGPT and AutoGPT,
2: mm. which is something that um, our mentor wants me to start dabbling into this summer. So interesting. it's an, it'll be interesting to see how that works. I've never tried it before. ChatGBT is going to be a massive tool for all of us now sitting here in this room. Like the things that we could do with it just to like kickstart what we're already doing because like I've heard that people are starting to use chat gbt to like the foundations of a code so you get like the bare Mm -hmm. skeleton of it and then you kind of kind of go in and add your specific details and kind of build from it but like even if you're just writing a normal piece of paper you can get it to get like the skeletal guide for it and then you build off that like you can get stuff from everywhere
1: for sure. i am curious like if there's anything that you are able to share with us you've been working firsthand with like kind of bridging these two world two worlds of like coding and yes. working on things um do you think that it has been easier to create this code and use it in the long run or like have you been able to see immediate like gratification from using this in your own work like is it worth it
2: I think so, uh, yes, honestly. Okay. Um, so I've recently started using code to look at a specific structure in the neuron known as AIS. It's really important, electrical signaling. Um, and so I've been able to use that and essentially drastically diminish the amount of time needed to analyze a specific structure and through an cool. image. So I can look at an image with hundreds of them and very quickly pull out the data that I need versus before. Um, okay. It it would literally take you days to weeks just to get the same amount of data out. So it's yeah. there. It's
1: coming. In my um, regard, and, I see, I definitely see its utility.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it helps to have, because, like, I obviously just started using the Python, but it helps to have, like, the hands-on experience so that I know what I'm doing and I know what I'm looking at. And I know, like, what how I need to get there from, like, a hand perspective. Like, I know what I need to do to get to this point. Now how can yeah. I make it so that a computer can do the exact same thing because I know exactly what i What needs to be done to get there? I think
1: that I think that's important because as good as AI is getting right now, I don't. I'm not completely convinced that it can eliminate the kind of like human aspect of all the research that we do. Absolutely not. Being able to go back and double check on what it's doing is super important. I think. Mm -hmm. No,
2: I'd agree because even now, like computers, and this is like this is a thing I heard forever ago. Like computers are only as smart as what the person using them or make, created them is. Mm, yeah. So, like, if the person is super smart, they can only do so much and tell the computer to do so many things. However, the computer is only going to do what it's told to do. It's not going to sit there and oh, use no, I saw and the tuition. So.
0: <laughs> Good
2: point. That's it's a little cute. bit more. We're not quite there yet. So, maybe in like the next be, 20, 40 years, who knows? There's going to be
1: some kind of return to right revenge though. of toasters. I'm not sure.
2: AI toaster? Dude, some of the really scientific toasters, that are. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. Um, but, no, I think it's always important that, like, just because we have the really cool AI stuff coming into play, like, you still have to verify. Like, trust, but you need to verify and make sure yeah. that it's actually doing what you think it's doing and it's doing it faithfully. Cause,
1: I, I have a question for you guys. Sure. So... We just discussed that we're still trying to answer questions that we've had for decades, like regarding Mm -hmm. like serotonin, for instance, right? At the same time, we're sitting here getting super, super advanced with AI technologies and all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And we're just trying to answer that same question, just using a fancier ruler, if you will. Mm -hmm. Do you think that ultimately it will help us? Do you think that us advancing our tools is Going to be able to answer the questions, or are we just kind of going in a circle, not answering asking the right question?
0: Yeah, it depends on the person with the tool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think like it definitely depends if it saves you a lot of time, okay, so that you can allocate resources to work on something else, yeah, and bring things together, have that idea and vision, so, then yes, yeah. But um, if you just expect AI to, to solve all your problems you. or give you a PhD, no, no, yeah. I,
2: I agree with April, like, Absolutely. I think. There's a limit to what it can do. It can definitely help with the analysis. Like if you can put in the work beforehand, everything is good. Let someone else do the analysis or something else. Do the math and all the analysis for you and you're just like, let me get to the next step. Let me progress this further. You can drastically cut down the amount of time and then we can look at more things in a
1: shorter period of time. But it's definitely not the end all be all of things. That's a beautiful thought that like innovation will come from... Ideas that come from, you know, inspiration or a spark that comes from people like us or people willing to sit and think about a question for a very long time.
0: Mm-hmm. In a ton of different ways. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I think, again, I keep circling us back to the idea of community, a collective neuroscience is an interdisciplinary community with tons of different cool tools that allows us to ask some very awesome questions it's kind of a privilege to be able to be doing this type of work it's a privilege to be able to meet here every week to talk about a cool compound learn new things about it and tell the public about it and you know this kind of just like makes waves for You know, other people, for me, for us, Mm -hmm. to kind of just continue sharing knowledge and people can do with it what they will. That opens the
2: door for a lot of people because now there's this new theory or thought that they hadn't thought, that they hadn't even occurred to them before. And now they can be like, maybe I can run with that. Maybe I can investigate this a little bit more, do something else with it or spin it, see what I can get out of it.
1: I couldn't agree more. For sure. Being a part of neuroscience is a very rewarding career field so far. And the chance to collaborate with, you know, not only other disciplines, but people, walks of life has been a blast. Mm -hmm. But it looks like we have about reached our time for today. I want to thank you both for such an amazing discussion as always.
0: Yeah, and thanks to those for coming to the Chemical Collective to get your weekly dose of Facts while dispelling fiction. Run for them life. When I step into the jungle, say they wanna group up. Never I move up, never gonna win a roll rumble. But when I come through, you know what I love to. I send shots for your team and leader. I'm a